Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Louise Crooks, your Keys to Clarity coach on KTC Radio. And um, this week is a very special week uh, for those of you who, who aren't aware. Um, if you're a coach and listening to the show today, it is International Coach Federation Coaching Week for 2011. And so we have a very special featured guest today, someone who is um, a master coach and a master certified coach through the International Coaching Federation and worked very closely alongside um, the person who created and founded the, um, the ICF. Um, that is the International Coaching Federation, and that is Dave Buck himself. Welcome, Dave. Great to be here. And you were referring, of course, to uh, to the late Thomas Leonard, who was exactly. the the founder of the International Coach Federation. It really is known as the the founding father of the life coaching movement. Yeah, he's he's more he's sort of the the modern day. Founder, isn't he really? I think um, some people refer to Socrates as being the. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he came a little bit after Socrates for sure. <laughs> but Thomas put a name to it and kind of defined it, which is beautiful. Yes. But I, I want to um, introduce you to our listeners, Dave, and, and, and uh, uh, the topic that we're going to be talking about today. But let me just give them a heads up first of just about the show. Sure. And then we can dive into that. So just to let everyone know, if you haven't experienced um, uh, Keys to Clarity Radio before and you haven't experienced um, me in any way, then I just want to let you know a little bit about about us. <laughs> so I'm a, a small business coach, speaker, radio show host, of course, and a Facebook and online marketing strategist. I'm all about getting the word out about what's possible in your business and doing it authentically, being visible and creating a profit and helping the world at large through your actions. I really believe in spiritual alignment with all that you do. In living this way, we can create the lives we truly desire. I love social media as a way to help solopreneurs build their businesses, which is one of the reasons why Keys to Clarity Radio was born at the beginning of 2008. Hard to believe it's almost three years now. KTC Radio is here to support solopreneurs, and I spell it S-O-U-L-opreneurs. There's a soul-driven business owners to success through spiritual, personal, and business growth, through the expertise of the most amazing guests and topics on the show. For example, guests the likes of Marsha Weeder, Ali Brown, Michael Port, Greg Moores, Mary Allen, Michael Lozier, just to name a few, and of course, including our guest today. <laughs> And to be sure to get updates of upcoming shows, just make sure to enter your email address on the box on the show profile, and you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash keys to clarity, and you'll see the box there where the hummingbird is. So look out for a little picture of the hummingbird. And if you'd like to learn more about me and my blog um, and uh, get great tips and resources and find out what... Um, what services I have and I have to offer, go to keystoclarity.com and you'll also be able to download the free report um, where I share the five critical business mistakes solopreneurs make and how to avoid them. Um, so without further ado, we're going to introduce the topic today. And just a quick aside, I'm getting a little bit sort of weary of, um, of introducing the show myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I want 
So I've decided I'd like to put it out there. And if you know someone who has a great speaking voice um, and would like to do a little intro for my show, I'd love to hear about it. So please <laughs> please email me at info at keystoclarity.com and just let me know if you have someone in mind who would like to do a little recording for me. I would absolutely love that. It feels kind of weird introducing my show myself. <laughs> I highly recommend so, it. I did that for my show as well. Yeah, exactly. I've been meaning to do it for a while, but I just haven't found the right person. So I know there's someone out there who's probably listening and thinking, oh, I know someone who's perfect for that. So... So I invite you all out there to think about who might be that person for me. And today, we're going to be talking about, um, well, the title of the show is Play Big as a Great Coach um, and Create a a Sustainable Business um, While You're Doing It. And we, we of course, have our featured coach today, Dave Buck, who is a Master Certified Coach through the ICF. And, of course, again, just to remind everyone joining us that it's the ICF Coaching Week 2011 this week. And I'm just really excited to have Dave with us. The topic today you know, is about playing big in the world as your gateway to being a great coach because coaching and playing big go together like hand, a hand in a glove. So meanwhile, the social gaming explosion is a major cultural phenomenon that we can't ignore. Over 100 million people actively participate in pretend worlds on a regular basis, many for 20 hours per week or more. Why? Because people of all ages are yearning to play big. What if you could show people that they can play big in their real life with you as their coach? That would open up a massive opportunity for you to coach a lot of people in a fun and inspiring way and, of course, build your business um, to success. So I really want to um, uh, welcome Dave again and um, to share a little bit about uh, Dave Buck, who's going to be talking to us about this particular topic. I'm really excited to dive into that with him because it sounds pretty pretty juicy to me. Uh, So Dave uh, Buck, MBA and Master Certified Coach, is the founder of Lifeville, where your real life is the game. Uh, Coach Dave's vision, everyone, everywhere, with the courage to play big in the world, has a great coach. <laughs> he has been a professional life and business coach since January 1997. He has coached over a 1,000 people one-on-one and in small groups. He was also the assistant men's uh, soccer coach at Seton Hall University for 14 seasons. That must have been a little confusing, Dave, considering you were a coach in, in two different, uh, <laughs> different ways. <laughs> Trying to explain that one. And uh, Dave was part, uh, part of the team that formed Coachville in 2000 with the late Thomas Leonard, who is the founder of the ICF, and has been the CEO of Coachville since Thomas pa- Thomas's passing in February 2003. Dave is the founding member of the Transformational Leadership Council, um, often known as TLC, with Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Suits of the Soul series, and several leaders of the personal development movement, including Wayne Dyer, John Gray, and Marion Williamson. Many members of the council were part of the hit movie and book, The Secret. So, Dave, again, welcome. Great to be with you. (laughs) It's wonderful to have you on the show and and, um, to 
you know, not intentionally use a pun, but to play with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a great idea. I look forward to playing with you as well. And and it is a it's a great thing that you even said that because it's sort of it's very interesting to me that the that the phrase "play with someone" has come to mean somewhat derog has a somewhat derogatory meaning, right? Mm-hmm. It's like oh, I'm just you know. Uh, tried to take advantage of you or uh, something like that. It has several different demeaning type of uh, interpretations. However, yeah. in my world, playing with someone is the the best way to get to know someone. You know, in fact, I, I, yeah. I always get this mistake. I, I often mistake this, but I think it was Aristotle, since you brought up famous Greek uh, philosophers earlier in the conversation. You know, I think Aristotle said, I learned more about a person in an hour of play than a week of conversation. Yeah. And that's so, interesting. That's really, it's kind of like also when you think about the, um, um, it just made me think of the, the show The Office, you know, where they hang out around the water cooler and that's kind of where all the information comes through and it's, yes. it's not work, you know. So it's kind of like the, the play part of, of the day. Kind of makes me think of that, Dave. I think well, there's a lot of fascinating things happening with play, and and that's why when you asked me about you know what can we talk about for for coaching week, and you know there's so many things you can talk about with regard to coaching because coaching is basically just another way of looking at life, so it's a pretty vast yeah. topic, right? But really you know is. my mm-hmm. the thing I've really been seeing. Over the last few years, I started noticing some really big trends, and and one of the biggest trends I noticed, and many of you probably, you know, many of the folks listening have experienced this, people are getting tired of working. Yeah. And we pretty much have this cultural shift where, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and then for the... 30, 40, 50 years prior. It was all about work, working hard. Mm. You've got to work, work, work. It's the industrial age, and we've got to be industrious. And people worked worked on their careers. They worked on their businesses. But then it got to the point where we used the same tools for everything. Oh, i got to work on my relationship. I'm right, gonna work, yeah. I'm going to work on my golf game. And now people have yeah. just worked themselves to death. Yeah. Right, I hear that, and it's even like the different phrases that we come up around work. You know, I hear my my husband sometimes say, oh, "I'm just grinding away here." You know? Yeah, <laughs> oh exactly. <laughs> and then so sounds so oppressive. Right, so I'm grinding away. Gotta go to work. Oh, how's it going? Working yeah. hard, you know, going to work. So this is this is an amazing thing because. Life was not meant to be about work. Right. Right. Life was meant to be joyful and fun and creative and self-expressed and 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 that's that, those things are how we feel when we are playing, not when we are working. Yeah. And, and so are we I, so invested as well, um, Dave, when, when we're having fun? You know, it's, it's yes. We're, we're much more enrolled, aren't we, um, in what we're doing? Exactly. We're more engaged. We're more enrolled. We're more alive. And if you think about what has every spiritual teacher 
been teaching since the beginning of recorded history. It's about being fully alive in the present moment. Mm. That's the ultimate spiritual quest. And it's actually pretty easy to achieve when you play. Because when you play, you naturally engage yourself in whatever is happening in the, in the moment, in the game. But when you're working, it's all about distractions and, oh, I got to get to my task mm. list and I didn't get anything done today and, oh, crap, another day. Yeah. You know, and so that's not the way people are supposed to live life. It's not meant right. to be like that. And I think there's a huge shift. More and more people are saying, wait, that's not the life I want. This I was sold a wrong bill of goods, right? I didn't sign up for wasting my life away working and working at stuff I don't care about. I want to engage my life and live fully, and I want to express my talents. I want to add value to the lives of others. I want to be rewarded for adding value. That's what I call playing big in the world. Playing big in the world yeah. means you're focused on expressing your talents and adding value to others, but not doing it in a way where you're working and draining yourself, but doing it in a way that's actually joyful for you in return. Yeah, definitely, Dave. And I think you mentioned a key point there as well, which is all the spiritual, the spiritual teachers are also have been, um, you know, teaching from the beginning of time, and that is about uh, finding your sense of purpose and passion. And when you exactly. are doing that, you you are playing in a joyful um, space of being. Um, so you know the the two go so beautifully together. It's absolutely correct, and I think that is, you know, that's that's what playing big in the world is. And I think yeah. so when we think about you know, what is great coaching? Mm, And what does great coaching even mean, right? That's a great question. And I've, Mm. you know, being in the coaching industry now for for 15 years, I've, you know, people often ask me, well, what is coaching? And and you made a funny comment about how I was a a soccer coach and a life and business coach at the same time. And didn't that get confusing? At first, it was confusing. But Mm -hmm. after a year or two, I realized it was actually the same thing. Only thing different was the game. Then I started realizing coaching is coaching. And the sole purpose of coaching, and I know you love the word soul because you're all about solopreneurs, and I make (laughs) the same funny thing. I say the sole purpose of coaching, which is S-O-L-E and S-O-U-L, the sole purpose of coaching is to play better. Yeah. That's what coaches do. They they help you play your game better. And anything in life can be a game. Your business can be a game. Your career can be a game. Your relationships can be a game. And not a game like the industrial world sense of game, like work is serious, work is meaningful, and games are trivial. Not that kind of game. Right. Because yeah, a lot of people like, could be thinking that we're trivializing what, what they're doing if we exactly, if we exactly. And I learned that as yeah. I talk to people about playing and creating your life into a game, they're like, oh, you're trivializing it. I said, no, I think playing a great game is the highest honor. Yeah. But, it's really interesting, Dave, because um, I look at, uh, you know, modality or, or uh, you know, um, uh, a philosophy like Buddhism, and they really buy into the idea of fun. 
I don't know yeah. if you ever noticed or watched the Dalai Lama and how he just bursts out laughing every now and again. It's like he's totally present and he's, you know, he's having fun. And yeah. I think that's a big proponent of, of their, you know, the way that they are present in life. Um, and, you know, especially with something like Buddhism, you know, where, you know, one might think, gosh, well, they're going to be pretty serious about that. You know, there's a there's an element there of really tapping into the joy and seeing that life is about having fun. Yes, there is a play, there's a playfulness to it because yeah. being playful is when you're fully engaged. If there's one thing about Buddhism, it's about being present in the moment. Yeah. Right, and being present in the moment, the fastest access to presence and being fully engaged is to play with something rather than working mm. on it. Mm. You know, you know the great um, Michael Gerber of uh, the E Myth always used to talk about the big shift from working in your business to working on your business. Mm-hmm. And w- with all due respect to Mr. Gerber, I don't think either is a good idea. Oh, interesting. Okay, say more about that, Dave. I what I think the big idea is: don't work on your business and don't work in your business. Play for your business. Play for your business. If you see your business as a game, and it's really not that hard of a stretch to see, oh, this is a game. There's a game plan. I have skills. There's the inner game, which is readily apparent in every business day you play. You realize the inner game, how important it is, your mentality, your feelings, your emotions, how they affect, how well you do. So all the things that uh, that are at play in games, you know, the rules of the game, strategies of the game, like I said, skills of the game, the results. You know, playing a game means you're taking action in pursuit of results. And what most people do in business is they make a task list and they work on it. that's That's how we were all taught. In business, you're a worker. If you're a worker, you make a task list and you try to check off your tasks. But what I've realized in myself and in coaching lots of business people, and you probably realize this, I'm sure you realize this too, checking off task lists is an unwinnable game. Yeah, I have to say it's fairly unwinnable for me. (laughs) Yeah, you never win. At the end of the day, you always feel, oh, crap, I didn't get anything done today. Some people enjoy it, though, Dave. I mean, it depends, I think, on your your, uh, your style of of, um, how, how you do things, you know, to some people, checking it off a list, and and even if there's still p- things left on your list, there's a sense of satisfaction about about doing that. But it is no, true. It is yeah. it is true for some. However, yeah. What I would also say is, what most people feel when they are engaged in task lists is the constant interruptions and the frustration, and things are happening, and I didn't get time to complete my tasks. When meanwhile. Yeah. All those things that are happening that are preventing you from completing your tasks are probably the real things you should be focusing on to play the game of your business. Right. Like talking to people, engaging in customers, talking to your collaborators on different things that need support or whatever. So it's the it's the what you, what I realized was the things that were interrupting people were actually what they should be focused on to play a great game in their business. It's usually the people. People are the game in business. 
I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you mean by that, Dave. It sounds like a fascinating thread of conversation. It, well, I, I I think it is too because, you know, look, I've been in, first of all, it's just a little background about me. I started in business when I was about six years old when I made my first lemonade stand in front of my house. <laughs> right, so I've been in business for over 40 years. You know, so at the age of 49, I could tell you I've been in business for a very, very long time. I love business and I have always seen a thread of game in the in business but over the last five or ten years I've really started to see you know what this actually is a big game but not in a bad way in a fun way right so it's interesting because sorry to interrupt but um, when you were saying that about um, business that um, you know what came to mind was about competition you know that in traditional business there's a competitiveness um, particularly in the corporate world and in games, there is a um, you know a, a, a competitiveness to see who's going to win, yeah, or who's going to you know to um, yeah who's going to win. So I'd love to hear what you your thoughts are around this, Dave, because also I think there's a conf- conflict or a duality here, particularly with coaches, because we tend to be operating particularly more outside of the corporate environment you know we tend yes. to be more collaborative in our mm-hmm. in our um view so the idea of competition can perhaps sort of stick in the as you Americans say is it in the crawl yeah right <laughs> it is true well there's a there's a couple different things at play so there's there's a couple threads of our conversation i don't want to lose the thread mm-hmm. So okay, let's good. we'll talk about the competition, playing in competition. That's a big point for coaches and for business people. And then yeah. there's the point about how to see business as a game and the whole playing your game every day as a business person. So right. let's look at these two things. So first, on the playing your game every day as a business person, the, one of the big insights I had is that Tasks are safe and people are dangerous. Mm, All right. And this is why people tend to orient themselves onto tasks because it's safe. You can sit there by yourself in your little office, you can try to get your tasks done. And it's the people who need something, want something, you've got to call this one, you've got to help this one resolve this issue. The people is where you can fail. Mm. But the truth about business is your business succeeds and fails only in your ability to engage with people. Yeah, well, particularly in our business. <laughs> Especially in our business, but all business. All business. Yeah. The purpose of business is to serve other people in your community. Yeah. That's the purpose of business. The only reason for a business is to be of service to other people. So the people is where the business lies. But you think about, well, can I sit here and work on my task list by myself, or am I going to call people and talk to them about what we're doing, or am I going to go and meet people? Well, meeting people and talking to people is scary. They, They might reject you. They might not like what you're doing, can feel bad. So people... In the face of that, even a little bit of fear, they tend to look for something they can do that's task-oriented. Tasks mm-hmm. are safe. If you think about tasks, 
Tasks were the big idea of the Industrial Revolution, which is where you have one or two really smart people, they make a company, and then you get all the other people, just tell them what to do, they show up, they do what they're told, they're like little factory workers, and then that's how you do business in the industrial world. And then we tried to make every kind of work and every kind of business like factory work. Just shut up and yeah. do what you're told. But yeah. that's not a fulfilling life. And it doesn't even work very well. And if you try to go into business for yourself, it really doesn't work. Because if you're in business for yourself, you have to be out there talking to people. Otherwise, your business will fail. Yeah. So this, But this thing of talking to people and wanting to communicate and engage with them and have them really want to do business with you and accept your offers or whatever, all of this is way more like a game than a task list. It's a game because there's skills involved, you have activities, you have an, a desired outcome. Oh, I'm going to talk to Bill and I really want him to do a strategic partnership with me. So now you've got an activity, you've got a result. It's just like in basketball. I got the ball and I'm going to try to shoot it in the basket. It's it's right. it's it's game like. So by perceiving your business as a game, it actually puts it in the right framework so that you can pursue excellence in the activities of the game. Because if you're playing a game, you really only have one desire to become a great player. Yeah. Right? To be a great player, which means you're going to practice how you talk to customers and try to become skillful. You're going to come up with a strategy for how you talk to people. And that changes your whole orientation rather than I'm a worker, I have my task list, and I just got to check these things off. Because a worker, all they want to do is get it done. It's just about getting it done. But a player wants to do it well. They want to excel. They want to win. They want to get results. So by seeing business as a game, it puts you into that proper framework where you're playing for excellence and you are engaged, you're having fun. If you talk to someone and they don't want to buy from you or whatever, that's just like basketball. If you throw the ball up and it doesn't go in the basket, you don't go, oh, I'm a total failure, I missed the basket. You say, I'll shoot another one. Yeah, the sense of failure isn't quite so dramatic, is it? Well, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I say that, and I look at the Super Bowl, and I think, well, that's on a different level of. of well, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's, that's just a failing. really, really. It, it, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's just a really, really big game with a lot of people watching. Yeah. So true. the stakes are higher, but it's still just a game that they are playing, and it was a great yeah. game. It's all about right? perception, though, isn't it, Dave? You know, whether you see life or your work as a game. I mean, there are people, certainly, even when you look at uh, football, and I see how people, you know, uh, react around it, and, you know, their life is over if the game hasn't been won, you know. So it's it's all about the, the sort of, as you talked about earlier, it's the inner game as well. Yes, that's, that is correct. You know, being able to stay calm under pressure. But, you know, for example, in any great game, Yes, it can be devastating if you lose. It's also exhilarating when you win. And there's pros and cons to that. But the truth is, when you're a great player and you play a great game, even if you lose, you still feel satisfied. You know, a few minutes after the game is over and you go, well, we lost. That stinks. But you know what? It was a great game, and I love playing in it. Beautiful. And that's what great players do. And this is the key. 
when you're a player in the game of your business, no matter what happens at the end of the day, you can say, you know what, I really played. I went for it. If you're a worker, you can say, dang, I had 10 tasks. I only did three. Crap, I have all these extra things I got to do tomorrow. You basically, most of the time in the task list world, as a worker, you end the day feeling a little frustrated. Ah, I only got three done. You might feel good right. about the three, but you also look at the other seven, right? <laughs> but if you're a player, you can, no matter what happened, you can say, all right, I went for it today. I played a great game. Maybe I didn't get all the results I wanted, but I am pumped up to play again tomorrow. Tomorrow I can play better. Yeah, that makes so much sense, and it just sort of allows you to move to move forward and, and let go of Correct. what's happening. Yeah, yeah, that sort of uh, moving on, moving on swiftly and getting on with, with what's working and, and um, having fun doing it. Precisely. So well, I want to talk about that thing you brought up about competition, but just real quick, just to mm. weave in the coaching perspective, mm. since coaching – was was life coaching really came into being like 20 years ago or so. And it was still right in the thick of the industrial age. And if you yeah. think about coaching 20 years ago, the main buzzword everyone would say about coaching was accountability. Hmm. Oh, you need to be held accountable, right? Or you got to have someone to hold you accountable. Coaches hold you accountable. Hmm. Well, what is that? That's no more than a glorified manager. Did you complete your tasks on time? So coaching in the early days was just glorified management. It's a, you know, make a task list. Okay, here's what you're going to do this week. And then we get on the phone. Well, did you complete your tasks? Okay, no, why not? It's just a glorified manager. And that's because we framed everything in that worker mentality. But if you're a coach now, in this age, it's not about accountability and did you complete your task. It's how did you play? How did the game go? What results did you get? What skills do we need to improve? How did you feel? How was your inner game? Was your mentality right? It's a much deeper conversation than did you complete your tasks. Right, of course, yeah. Because you really have to get into the... You have to get into the inner game because most people, the what they do or what they don't do, the biggest factor is your mentality. How did you feel about it? Did you feel a little bit of fear? Did you shy away from making that phone call? Oh, yeah. I didn't have time to call. Biggest lie ever told in the history of the world. <laughs> I didn't have time to make the phone call. Which kind of goes back to what you were saying about it's people who are dangerous and you know having that perfection um, you know, and I, I mean, I've noticed this, and you know, coming from a recruitment background where you know the focus was sales, that even in that environment where it's so much so focused on on that particular um, piece, that people are just so scared to get on the phone, days, yes. you know, so so scared to get in front of people, and yes. and that is really crucial, really crucial in our businesses, you know. Um, if we're going to be building relationships. Yes. Businesses, are, the game of business is won and lost in relationships and communication. It's just that yeah. simple. Yeah. And people are scary. People can reject yeah. you. That's where the, That's what makes it a great game. It's a great game yeah. because it's challenging. This is the yeah. other, this is the other big, big, 
something as a game and something is challenging you, that's exciting because a great player always wants bigger challenges because that's how you become a better player. If you're a worker trying to complete your task list and an unexpected challenge comes up, it's devastatingly bad because now you're delayed in completing your tasks. Yeah. So when you're a worker, challenges are bad. When you're a player, challenges are awesome and they're great. So since challenges happen all the time in business, it's one challenge after another, it'd be a good idea to have a framework or a perspective where you embrace the challenges rather than have them cause you to have a bad day. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a mind shift, isn't it? It's a huge mind shift. And so this is why the, the game framework is so critical to being sustainable and successful in business. Now, let's talk about this competition thing you you brought up before. Mm, I think that would be great. This is big, right? Because you're right. Especially coaches, we have this thing, this little angsty feeling about competition. So there's several different perspectives I want to bring to this. And we can actually segue into this social gaming revolution because it's all part of Yeah, I want to hear more about that as well. Yeah, definitely. It's a beautiful springboard, all right? So let's just check Mm -hmm. this out. So first, When you think about play, there are three distinctions in play that you have to be aware of. There's play against, there's play with, and play for. Okay? Play against, play with, play for. All three serve a purpose. So it's you don't want to say, oh, I'd rather play with than against. I don't, you know... You need all three, actually, to have a great game. So playing against is typically what is driving you to excellence. It's there's some standard. Now, like in golf, you you can play against other players to have a better score, but you're also playing against your standard of what excellence looks like for you in playing golf. Right. You can you can also sometimes play against other people. It's not bad to play a game against other people. You can see, oh, that person did that really well. I want to be, I want to do something even better than they did. Or you know, oh, I heard that person they did a uh, they did a radio show. I have an idea for how I can make even a better radio show or even a a, a more unique show for me. Like the whole inspiration of other people and what they're doing and how you want to, that sparks you to do something, that fuels our desire for excellence. So against is not a bad thing. You can also play against situations. Like I talk about what I do as a coach, I'm not playing against other coaches Mm -hmm. when I'm trying to you know, build my coaching business. I'm not playing against other coaches. I am playing against apathy. Mm. Apathy is my competition. I'm playing against people who've given up on life, and I am challenging them to get back into the game of their life. So my competition is apathy, not other coaches. Very good. Okay. I like that. That's great. Play with. Now, that's the whole collaboration idea. Who are you playing with? Who's on your team? Who is playing with you to accomplish 
results that are beneficial for both. You can look at playing with your customers, playing with collaborative partners, and that's the part, as coaches, we really like to think about the whole collaboration piece. That's the playing with. And so that's usually pretty easy to understand. And then the last piece is playing for, and that is your greater purpose, right? What are you playing for? Who are you playing for? You know, I'm playing for, as I talked about, every, everyone everywhere playing big in the world. That's what I'm playing for. I'm playing for communities coming to life because people are alive and engaged. I'm playing for organizations being revitalized because their people are playing now instead of working. So that's what I'm playing for. That's the purpose. And any great game has an important playing for. Yeah. Right. So, and you talk about this Beautiful. all the time, knowing the purpose. I love the way you've differentiated all that, those three. It's, um, it, it makes it much more simple to sort of understand what the, you know, how competition can can work in that framework and be really, um, really useful in a, a source of inspiration. Yeah, supportive and inspira- inspiring. Now, let's look at this next distinction, which is the problem with competition, okay? Mm. Now, it is true that corporate America, for example, has taken competition too far. And they, you know, win at all costs, even if I have to abuse the environment, abuse other people. That kind of competition is harmful. Yeah. Win at all costs competition. However, exactly. Competition in and of itself is not harmful. And in fact, the absence of competition is harmful as well. So let's look at this whole social gaming thing. I like to call it the T-ball effect. Mm-hmm. Okay, the T-ball effect. Here's what happened. That About 15 years ago, in the U.S. especially, and I think they did this also in some other countries, You know, you have kids' sports, like T-ball, where they play baseball, but they don't actually pitch it. You just hit it off the tee. Okay. Or, or, you know, (laughs) a little pee-wee soccer, pee-wee basketball. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much a universal concept about 15 years ago that when little kids play, there should be no winners or losers. Right. That everybody wins at the end of the game, everybody gets a trophy, Everybody's special. Everybody's a winner. Okay. Wow, there's a recipe for apathy. Exactly. And that is exactly what happened. So mm-hmm. if you look, at, culturally speaking, and this is not a personal thing, this is just a cultural thing, the big issue all around America is now, what is wrong with the 20-somethings? Right. These kids don't want to work. They don't, they're just living at home. They have no motivation to get out and do anything. Now, of course, some do. It's not universal, but it's right. pretty widespread that the 20-somethings are not really motivated to get up and get out and go do something. They're sitting home playing video games on their parents' living rooms. Right. Well, why did, they, why did this happen? It's not their fault. They grew up in the T-ball generation where you go out to play T-ball, you're five years old, You're there. You're trying to play like your dad or mom taught you. Meanwhile, little Jimmy over there screwing up every play, not really paying attention, 
messing it up. And then at the end of the game, the coach is like, oh, little Jimmy, you're a champion. Here's your trophy. So little Billy's over here. He tried hard. He tried to play. He did all the right things. He goes, what the heck is that? Right. I'm trying to play. Little Jimmy is screwing up. He's a champion, too. Well, what's the point in trying? Doesn't matter if I try. I'm a champion anyway. So you have a whole generation of kids that grew up in an environment that said, it doesn't matter if you try or if you do well, you're still a champion. And when this gets reinforced... Sorry, Dave. Isn't yeah. this also the basis of living in a capitalist society? It's a naturally competitive Correct. society. It was totally opposite and wrong to what actually inspires and motivates excellence. Mm-hmm. Is You have to reward excellence, not say, oh, everyone's a champion no matter how you do. If someone's screwing up in the t-ball game, you don't say you're a champion. You say, you know what, Jimmy? You're not doing so good at t-ball. Maybe you should try playing drums. You know, like, do something else. Don't tell them they're a champion even though they screwed up. And, you know, encourage them to find what they are good at. That, you know, that <laughs> I would be... I think why I, love, why, I love, why I love Simon Cowell so much on the American Idol. Cause exactly. To, to say that, you know, speak the truth. Yeah. And uh, people loved him for it. They did love him for it because he actually told people... You know, he called it the way he saw it. Yeah. And and there was an honesty to it, right? So yeah. you have a generation of kids who grew up really in an environment of apathy. And here is the, but here's where the whole tables are turned. The only place where they got reality, where they could be rewarded for their efforts, and if they didn't do well, they didn't get the reward, the only place they got that, was video games. Mm. Because ah, in video games, if you do well, you get the points and you move up. If you don't do well, you don't get the points and you don't move up. So these kids, they gravitated away from all the athletic games because they were total nonsense. Yeah, Everyone's a champion. That's a bunch of nonsense. Even little mm-hmm. kids know this. And they want to play video games because in video games, you're rewarded for excellence. Well, and there's, there's a real competitive edge in video games, isn't there? It's all about exactly. competition. So yeah. that's why you now have kids, they don't really comprehend the world of other people and organizations and communities. To them, that doesn't really make, they, they learn that it's, they learned apathy in those environments. But they did learn that if you play great in a video game, it's very rewarding and it's fun. So that's why they're gravitated towards games. So now so it's not you have fun. Farmville. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was going to say it's not just fun. It's the fact that there's a competitive edge which makes it fun. Exactly. You can win. You can lose. There's there's a sense of accomplishment. It's, it's kind of interesting because it also brings about that sort of duality of uh, comparisons, you yes. know, which I think we all need to know how to become better Correct. within ourselves, within everything that we're doing. You know, it's Absolutely. a comparison of, you know, yeah. And you can say, you know, there's there's sort of this philosophy of don't compare yourself to others, just try to be yourself, which is good. But 
you're right. It's a duality. It's a paradox. Because unless you compare yourself to others, you don't know how the heck you're doing. Yeah. And then you don't have that spark to, to be better, just to create something different and to create something new. The spark of inspiration comes typically through comparison to others. Right. So, and even this, in comparison to results for yourself. Yes. So that, exactly. So there is that too. Yes, precisely. So now we have a whole generation of people that have no interest in work, which I actually now believe to be a good thing. They want to play, right? So if you want to get 20-somethings to actively engage with you, you have to make it a game. And you have to make it a game where they're rewarded for excellence. Then they'll want to play. Was it you, Dave, that was talking about recently uh, when I saw you at uh, the NJPCA meeting um, we were talking about that corporates are now starting to actually um, create game-like environments so that the younger generation will will perform. Yes, that is exactly yeah. right. I'm working with a few organizations now where we're taking what the people are supposed to do every day and making it into a game. Yeah, that's amazing. It's awesome. And here's what's happening. It's not just the 20-somethings. The the older folks are realizing, too, that their life of work, 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 so that they can make money to buy all these things, has not turned out to be rewarding. Mm. They're not wanting to work either. They want to play. They're, I mean, my parents are wild on the Wii. I mean, they're just playing that thing all day. <laughs> they love it. They're like, oh, this is awesome. I got a, you know, 248 in Wii Bowling today. I mean, my mom calls me up when she gets a high score. <laughs> so, but it's, it's, to... Go ahead. Uh, so it's awesome. People are yearning to play. And yeah. they want to play because they want to be in an environment where excellence is rewarded. And they and too much of work, the working world, it just doesn't feel like that. It's like completing your task. You know, you can try to get it like, oh, I completed all my tasks today. I feel good, but it just doesn't add up. It doesn't. It's not sustainable. It doesn't feel that good over the long run. What really feels good is when you know what your, your the game of your business is, and you know how to engage with people to produce results with other people, either playing with them or playing for them or even playing against them. When you're engaged with other people, that's where the rewards are. So to create an environment where people feel good about playing, you have to make the people part a game. Where you, where, and that's basically the idea of life, though. When you introduced me, I, you know, I talk about... Yeah my new organization, Lifeville, where your real life is the game, that's what Lifeville is all about. When you play a game at Lifeville, you get points for doing things in your real life. I love that, Dave. And and I, I just love that you've come out with this organization because I think you've been, you've been, um, I don't know how to put it, Sort of dancing along this line of playing a, a bigger game for a number, you know, ever since I was connected with you, probably about six years ago, mm-hmm. you were playing with this idea, and yes. it's so cool to see, you know, this coming out and and um, really taking it, taking shape and form for us. I really, I appreciate you saying that, and it's one of those strange 
things, you know, gifts from the universe. I don't even know how to explain it, but, you know, you, we mentioned Thomas Leonard at the beginning of the show. So Thomas Leonard founded Coachville, and when he founded it, Thomas was the king of, of domain names. I mean, when, when he passed, he had like over a thousand domain names reserved. You know, wow. so I started getting the bill, right? So if you add up a thousand domain names, even if it's only twenty bucks a month, that's still twenty thousand dollars <laughs> to keep all these domain names. So I had to huh. look at this list of a thousand domain names and figure out which ones do I really want to keep. And for some reason, he had reserved Lifebill, and I just said, "Well, that's pretty cool. I'm going to keep that one." Yeah. So I kept Lifebill. Didn't know what the heck I was going to do with it, and then. Mid-last year, I started noticing Farmville, Fishville, Petville, and I started doing some research, and I'm finding out that 100 million people are playing Farmville. Yeah, and I think, crazy. crap, if 100 million people would play a pretend farm, what would happen if people could play their real life on Lifeville? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, crap, I have the domain. <laughs> How perfect. It was like, oh, man, that's perfect. Because all these things I've been talking about for the last five, six years of how to play and how to play your real life, suddenly it all came together in this glorious combustion. You know, so I'm grateful to the Zynga company for making all these games and connecting them to Facebook so I could see that people are trying to invite me onto Farmville. And I'm like, Farmville, what the heck is that? <laughs> And I'm sure everyone listening has been invited to play on Farmville. I'm like, why the oh heck would I God. spend my time on a pretend farm? But when 100 million people are doing something, you got to take notice. Uh, it's so true. And, and it, the irony is, you know, I, 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 Farmville and, you know, Hold'em Poker and, you know, yeah. Texas Hold'em or whatever you call it and all of those things drives me crazy. And then, of course, the perfect game arrives in front of me, and it's the Smurfs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, I'm turning my nose up at all these other games, and of course the one that just pulls me in is the Smurfs, and it's driving me and my husband crazy that I'm playing this game. But I'm having fun playing it. <laughs> I love that you're playing a social game online, Louise. That's fantastic. And I'm admitting it to the world. <laughs> I am so grateful that you are. That is really inspiring me right now. <laughs> but it's so the fun. whole the whole thing is, what if you could make business a game? You could play. And the great thing about these social games is, one of the reasons people play them is, first of all, they feel successful because. In the game, if you do well, you get points. You can see yourself making progress. You can feel yourself getting better and better. That's one reason people play. They call it blissful productivity. The second reason people play is for the social connections. You connect with other people around a purpose. Even if it's a pretend farm, at least there's a purpose to it that engages you with other people. It's not just random, meaningless connections. So right. what if you could connect purposefully playing the game of your real business where you earn points for talking to potential customers, earn points for for collaborating so with cool. strategic partners, and then that way every day you'd feel like, all right, I talked to five potential customers today, I earned 50 more points, and I can see how did my teammates do, and I can check in with my teammates, oh, they got more points, or they got less, I can challenge them. So... All the 
all the good things about playing games, you bring it into your real business. And that's basically what LifeBill is. Wow. That is so cool. It's a, a, a wonderful um, platform to to, um, to, ble- to play together with people who are have a, a common uh, mission or goal and to know that we are actually supporting each other and getting there and doing it in a fun way. I love yes, that. Yes, exactly. And so then the next step, tying it back to coaching, is mm. I think for coaches, if you want to thrive in this new world, this new social gaming world, one way you can do it is to transform the key concepts that you coach on into a game and have that. people play I with you. That. And then and then you coach the players in the game. So it's basically yeah. a, a sophisticated new, it's kind of like a group coaching model, but with a really a sophisticated twist. It's not just talking in a group, mm-hmm. it's actually everyone is playing the game and they can go online and see each other's scorecards and and compare notes and so you're coaching but you're coaching like a team of people playing the game whether it's the business game or the family game or the career game or anything you can make a game out of. Mm. Awesome. I love the and idea. It's such a brilliant concept, Dave. It's I thank you. It, it, to me it's so fun and inspiring and it's great to for me because you know, I've I've been in the coaching business now for 15 years, and I've coached a lot of people, and I've been very successful. And, you know, you're, you and I are in the minority, though, in terms of coaches who make it and become successful. Mm. Right? And we are. I mean, that's the sad truth. Very yeah. few coaches end up making it in ter- fi- from a financial point of view. Mm. Uh, so I've always been trying to find a way to help coaches be successful financially and, you know, and in business and and. And so this idea is a, is a new idea in that domain. So as you know, as coaches, if you make a game out of your concept and you can then when you're talking to people about coaching, you're also talking to them about playing your game and they can earn points and they can be on a team and it has a a sexier dynamic than just hiring a coach. Mm. Yeah, and I love it from the group coaching perspective as well because it's a it's automatically a you know a group um, you know uh, which is very conducive to playing a game. Correct. And then you learn not only from the game, you learn from the coach, and you also learn from your fellow players. Yeah. And that's really the idea. And then the the last big idea that I just wanted to share that I think is so important for coaches especially is. Coaches are mostly solopreneurs, you know, uh-huh. as you know, and you're the you're the queen of the solopreneur, so I love that, <laughs> right? So coaches are solopreneurs. The biggest problem with being a solopreneur is there's only so much leverage you can get by yourself. Yeah. And so what okay. if, as a coach, you were part of a consortium of coaches, Where when you talk to someone, it's not just about you coaching them. It's about them playing big in life, playing big in the world, in their business or their career, and then them playing one of the games that you and your coaching consortium offer. Yeah. 
So you could have a relationship coach and a small business coach and a solo business coach and a career coach and an executive coach all having games. And the way the life bill system is set up is you can refer people to your game, but you can also list the games of other coaches that you recommend. And then when they come to your life bill page and say, okay, here, I just met Louise and I, here's the solopreneur game, but I'm not a solopreneur. I'm in business. I think Louise is, Louise is awesome, but I'm not in business. I, I work for IBM. Oh, look, here's Sally who she's with who has the thrive in your career game. Well, I'll play that one. And now because, because you talked to this person and they went to Lifeville and signed up, you get a part of the revenue because you inspired them to play, but then the coach gets a part of the revenue because they're playing their game. So that mm-hmm. way you can leverage all this visibility. I know that's one of your big things. People, yeah. ha- solopreneurs, they have to focus on visibility. It's one of the most important yeah. things you can do. But most of your visibility is wasted because the people you're becoming visible to, you're not the right coach for them. Right. But what if you inspired them because of who you were, which is coaches for authentic, we inspire people that, oh, I love this coach, they're so awesome. Oh, but they don't coach on what I need to do. If you had a consortium of other coaches that you could recommend, you could leverage your visibility 10 times more than you can do on your own. Beautiful, I love that. It's a natural referral system. Exactly. And it's all automated through the system so that you don't have to wonder, oh, who referred who and what happened. This The LifeGill system was built for consortiums. The whole concept behind LifeGill is together we play better. Fabulous. And that includes the players in the game. It also includes the coaches supporting each other, finding, helping them each other find players for each other's games. It also includes coaches collaborating with authors. You can make a game out of any book and collaborate with the author. What do you mean by that, Dave? What's that? What do you mean by that? Tell me a little bit more about that. That sounds curious. Well, think think of a book like one of my friends, Marcy Shimoff, Happy for No Reason book, or now her new book, you know, Love for No Reason. Well, Mm. it's a book that's full of exercises and things to do in your life. So what if instead of... Instead of reading the book, you played the book. Okay. Got it. And then as a coach, what if you collaborated with Marcy to transfer, transform her book into a game where people could take the actions in the game that she recommends in her book and they can get points and have be on a team and have a coach? So it's all the whole system is designed for collaboration between coaches, coaches and authors, coaches and speakers. So it's really just designed to get people to play. If you're reading a book, play the book. Put it into your life. That's every author's dream that people would not just read the book but actually do something with it. Right. Why not get points? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not get points? And, and then it's way more fun to get points for something. For sure. For sure. It's more fun. Exactly. It's a lot more fun. That's, that's this concept that you've come up with, David. So it, it sounds amazing and um, and uh, a brilliant platform for us for us to to um, 
explore. And um, so I'm very excited about the concept. And and the irony, of course, is that whenever we come out with something that's a fairly simple um, idea, that it's it's normally the most effective. And it sounds like a a fairly simple concept that could really be big. Could really turn around, you know the you know the way that we can we can play at being um, coaches. Correct. I to- I, I feel it. the same way, and I really appreciate you saying that because you're a you know you're a leader in the industry. So if you get the picture, that's very meaningful for me. That means at least I'm explaining the simple concept in a way that other people can understand, which is not always so easy. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is explain something simple. So I'm really glad that. <laughs> I'm very grateful that you picked up on the idea, and I look forward to talking with you about the solopreneur game one day in the future. Yeah, fabulous. I I look forward to it, too. I would love for everyone just to um, be able to explore it for themselves, Dave, and you gave me a a link to to share with everyone, so I'll just give that to them now. Um, And that's uh, um, com. So let me just say that again. Keys to Clarity. dot dot com and Lifeville is spelled L I F E V I L L E. Exactly. Keys to Clarity. dot dot com. The key I'm, is I'm excited to don't to put in the W's. Well, That's the trick. What's people that? sometimes some, the trick is sometimes people put the W's in, so you don't put the W's after the slash oh, you don't. slash. Okay. You don't put W's, you just put keystoclarity.lifefield.com and they will they will find you. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, no W's. <laughs> That's the trick. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm excited to explore this myself. I think it's it sounds like a a great concept and really moving us into the idea of of playing playing big, you know, which is what we started talking about in the beginning. Playing big as coaches and and looking at different ways to play big with our clients. I think that's the key, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, because people are yearning to play. If you can find a yeah. way for them to play, then you will engage them and that and that and then it's more it's more fruitful for everyone because that's what people yeah. really want. They want to play. Yeah, beautiful. So playing big, you know, for ourselves, helping our clients play big. And, you know, furthering the coaching industry as well, you know, with um, a, a new model of of, of thought and, and um, productivity. You know, and what I love about your concept as well, Dave, is that we, you know, we can grow our businesses through <clears throat> what really sounds like an affiliate system, the, that referral system. Correct. You know, it's a really natural part of uh, of you know, what we do, you know, to be able to refer to people we believe in, you know, who are providing a service that we're not to the same, you know, if we're serving the same um, niche or target market, you know, that we can we can do that in that space, and that's, that's really wonderful. That's exactly right. Together we play better. That's the big idea. Yeah. Beautiful. Playing with each other. Correct. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think we're coming to the end of the show, David. Is there any um, golden nugget you would like to leave us with before I introduce what's happening next week and and also just sharing with our listeners um, the winners from last week's um, 
uh, a prize. We had we had um, two um, prizes that um, you know two people are going to be winning. So, Ooh. which I'm excited about. Yes, winning prizes but, is always good. I know I, another I, game. I, <laughs> I would just nine. say the the biggest the biggest golden nugget is when you when you see yourself as playing a game then every challenge that comes at you is really a gift because it helps you become a bigger, better player. And that way, no matter what happens during the day, you can end the day feeling good. And that is always a blessing. Beautiful. Dave, thanks so much for sharing this wonderful information. Um, You know, I think uh, it's really kind of looking at um, coaching and the way that we... um, the way that we perceive what we're doing in a, in a very different way. And um, I'm always curious to sort of explore new and innovative ways of being and doing things. So um, I really appreciate you and the work that you're doing um, in the world just as, as a, a leader in the coaching industry. And, um, and I really appreciate your coming on the show today to share your wisdom with us. My pleasure, really, and I appreciate you as well. I've been watching you, and you're an amazing leader in the coaching world, and it's, uh, it's great to see what you're doing. You're creating a lot of clarity for a lot of people, so I think that's a beautiful thing, and I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Um, so feel free to drop off, Dave, if you want to, or you can listen to the end, but um, I just want to share with um, our listeners that um, – we're going to be having um, the wonderful Michelle P.W., who is a, a, a copywriting um, a, a expert, and her um, partner, marketing partner, um, uh, Sh- Shannon Cherry, coming onto the show with us. So we're actually going to do a, um, a show which is going to be focusing on marketing for entrepreneurs. And... Um, they are really great at what they do, and, and I'm excited to have my peers, you know, coming onto the show and sharing their um, um, ideas and um, wisdom and tips, you know, with you to to really help you move your business forward. So that's going to be really cool. Michelle P.W. and Shannon Cherry coming onto the show next week. Very exciting stuff. So make sure you're here at 3 p.m. Eastern on the show and um, we'll probably do another competition next week so you know it's always great to come live and I'm going to start doing it so that when we do have a competition that um, the winners will actually be announced at the end of the show so we're not going to extend it to um, people listening to the recording but more to the people who are listening live and I think they should be rewarded for for showing up at the live um, event so to speak because um it's uh you just you just get so much more I think when you're when you're listening to something live. So I want to show my appreciation in that way. So um so that's Michelle PW and Shannon Cherry next week and we we're talking about marketing for entrepreneurs. And then I just want to announce the um winners for the prizes um that I had put out last week. The first one was the book called The Law of Connection by Michael J. Lozier, which I absolutely love. And I interviewed him about The Law of Connection, which is really about um, understanding people's learning styles and um, how to relate to them based on their learning styles. And um, he talks about NLP and all sorts of things in this wonderful book. And in fact, um, the interview that I 
did with him on this subject is actually featured on the um, profile page of my radio show. So if you go to um, blogtalkradio.com forward slash keysecurity, you'll actually see the interview there and you can listen to it. I just found it absolutely fascinating um, learning you know, that there are four different types of learning styles and that we can actually um, we can actually serve our clients better by understanding what those learning styles are. And we can support our own learning better by understanding what our learning styles are. So, so I really, really encourage you to listen to that. So the book, The Law of Connection, is going to go to um, Deborah White. Um, she's a coach and um, someone that I connected with through Facebook. So, um, Deborah, congratulations. You got the book, The Law of Connection, The Science of Using NLP to Create Ideal Personal and Professional Relationships by Michael J. Lozier. And then the big prize um, that I announced last week, which is a program that um, will be starting early April called Visibility Mastery, um, is going to be um, going to... Susie Bonham Craig. So I just want to um, announce that um, Susie is the lucky winner of, of the entire program, which is um, you know uh, a value of almost five hundred dollars, um, and um, she's going to get some fabulous information about um, how to grow your business by making sure that you're visible and what uh, choices we have around creating that visibility in our businesses. So that program will, will run through a number of different ways to create that visibility and really support you in creating the right choices for you and your business and doing it in, a, in an inexpensive way and making sure that you have foundational pieces in place to make sure that you are getting the visibility. And visibility is all about attracting the, um, your ideal clients to you and growing your business successfully and of course, helping more people, reaching more people. So, if you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to um, keystoclarity.com. And um, if let me just get the, um, in fact, let me just get the uh, the proper URL for you. I did short it, but um, for the life of me, can't remember what it is now. I think it's bud. In fact, I think I know what it is. It's bud URL. Dot com. No, I lie. <laughs> okay, let me let me see if I can get this for you. But what you do is go to keystoclarity.com, just click under services, and you will see there's a heading there which is visibility mastery coaching, and um, you can check out the information and um, you know see if this is something that would be a good fit for you and your business and uh, help you move forward with the momentum and, and focus that we all need and, you know, and the support that we need to, to do that. So I encourage you to look there. So congratulations, Susie Bonham-Craig, for, um, for winning that program. I'm looking forward to having you as part of that. Um, there are limited spaces, everyone, so if you're interested, um, you know, please do check it out. And there will be is a three-pay option, which will be available for a limited period of time as well. I just want to make it as easy for you as possible. Um, so just check that out and see if it's something that you want to join us and, and um, have fun doing it. <laughs> That's what we're all about is having fun. So 
So I want to um, want to encourage you to to join us as a group and have some fun. So Susie Bottom, Bottom Cray wins the Visibility Mastery um, Group uh, program, and uh, Deborah White wins the Connection book, The Law of Connection. Okay, I'm probably starting to ramble here a bit. So um, let's uh, bring the show to a close. And again, thanks very much to Dave Buck, uh, Master Certified Coach from Coachville and Lifeville. Um, I'm going to check out his um, new organization, Lifeville. I'm excited to see what that's all about. It sounds amazing. Um, I know Dave is a quintessential entrepreneur as well as um, you know a leader in the in the um, coaching industry. So I know I'm going to pay attention to what he has to say and what he's sharing with us. You know he is he is someone worth worth checking out from that standpoint. So I encourage you to do the same. And you can go to keystoclarity.lifeville.com to do that. All right, everyone, have a fabulous week, and um, I look forward to. Um, experiencing Michelle PW and, and Shannon Cherry with you next week. They're going to have some wonderful information to share with us, and I'm excited to hear what they have to share. So I hope you'll join me live next week. And um, if not, of course, you'll always be able to get the recording. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>